This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we give you the real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. Because this is Jason Cass. And today, you know it, you saw it before you hit play. John Spoggy from Spoggy World is uh, on the podcast today. Uh, John, say hi. Hey, everybody. Hootie hoo. Hootie hoo. John. So many people on here that are listening, 50% of them know exactly who you are. They've seen you break dance. They've seen you do the backspin. They've seen you do many, many things, you and your wonderful wife. And then 50% of them that are listening are like, who the hell is John Spoggy? Because that's who I was about 18 months ago. I didn't know. But then John Spoggy came into my life like a freight train. And ever since then, we've been buddies. So uh, real quick, before I get on with you, John, I got I one do want to bring it up. We got your podcast.com. Check out we got your podcast.com. Uh, we are doing some podcasts now. This is this is picking up. What we're really seeing is, is the people who are coming to us are saying, I want to create a niche. We have a person who's in the warranty business, but he deals with like, I didn't even know this, but I'm talking like he deals with billion dollar accounts. Like they sell warranties at this high level. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a different world. I mean, this dude does, and he wants to create a podcast for it. I've got another guy um, who says he wants to be in the restaurant business. He always watched what Nicholas Ayers did when he did the insurance chef a long time ago. And he wants to create that with um, a podcast. It's really cool. Some of the ideas that I got coming to me, but you need to check it out at, we got, we got your podcast.com. We got your podcast.com. Whether you want to start it from scratch or you've already got one, we can help you. We got your podcast.com. John Spoggy, how are you, buddy? I'm fantastic. Always fantastic. All right, 90% of the time, fantastic. <laughs> 90%. No one can be 100, but I would guarantee you that you are more fantastic than the average person out there. So that's fantastic, man. Hey, uh, this is long overdue. I thought about having it last year um, in the midst of our great friendship. We'll talk about that. But I thought, you know what? Let's hold off a couple more months. Um, I actually was going to be calling you about three or four months ago because I thought your event was going to be happening in May like it was supposed to be. Um, but this thing called, I don't know, the worldwide COVID-19 uh, has has struck and you've moved it. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, um, bring awareness to your event. But first, before I do, iPhone or Droid user? Uh, iPhone. Uh, iPhone. He's sitting there talking to me with his little earbud. Uh, you know, what are those things called? I'm a droid guy. Those are pod, uh, earpods or what? earbuds, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're apples that fit in your ear. And, I, and you know, and I have to admit, e- droid has tried to come out with like their own, and they just can't do it. 
And I guess Apple has that like look like perfected because all the other things they come out with, it looks like you got a big piece of cauliflower coming out your damn ear. You know what I mean? I'm like, why can't we have something more attractive and sleek like like what Apple people have over there? I mean, we have the best system. Can we have the best hardware as well? So anyways, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> John, what's the, what's the last app you downloaded? Uh, last app was uh, probably uh, – it's got to be a uh, uh, agency Zoom. That uh, was the last one that, that I agency downloaded. Zoom. So they had their own app on that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Tolka's Brit. He has. He's built a great product, hasn't he? I mean, him oh, and Mo. They. I mean, yeah. they. They. They really have. They really, really, truly have. Um, and you know, I. I think. Sometimes about them, we won't go on about them because they're not even a sponsor or they're not a partner or anything. We're just talking here just because we just really want people to know the good people in the industry and Tolga and Mo are some of them, you know? And, um, and I don't think a lot of people know that because let me tell you, there's a bunch of fake beep people out there as well. And I'm starting to find this out more and more and I'm not going to go off on my tangent, but there's a bunch of people out there who are wolves in sheep's clothing. And I'm getting tired of it. And one of these days, I'm going to figure out a way to bust them all out to where they legally can't sue me. I don't know how when that's going to be. But anyways, anyways, okay, I'm getting off on a separate thing. But yeah, Agency Zoom has like a totally, those guys are, um, they do some great stuff over there. And they're just likable, you know, and they listen to people. So I'm not going to go on, but I just want you to know Togo and them are good. I've been, um, Hanley really got to start using them. I'm known about them and we tested them out a year ago. We didn't get too deep into it because of our relationship moving with Neon. That wasn't going to be able to be a, a program to plug and play right now. But uh, great, great stuff. Do you really like them? Yeah, I absolutely uh, love them. So uh, they, we, they we make were, it simple, right? Good way to report. Great, great way to keep track. Is that what yeah. you would say? What's your main thing that you like about them? Mm. With anything that I use for the office, it, it's it's got to be simple, and uh, a lot of it depends if our people adapt to it quickly. Uh, nice. So there's a lot of things that are simple out there, but maybe your your people don't adapt to it. Uh, I always go by anything that I bring in the office is how fast my people adapt to it, and of course with a little nudge most of the time. But how fast they adapt to it is like the most important thing to me. Right. And wouldn't you agree, though, John, that it's how fast you adapt to it also lets them know? Just because you adapt to it doesn't mean that everybody's going to. But sometimes when they see the leader has bought into it, it's like, hey, we better give this extra effort to try and use this, you know, because John's into it. John sees the vision. We trust John's vision. Would you agree or disagree? I would completely agree. And that's normally what happens. There, there's some great products out there, but if, if I haven't touched it, feel it, feel it get, got to really – uh, admire it, adore it. <laughs> yeah. Once that once that happens, I gotta be honest. Like, uh, they'll probably use it because they'll see the passion behind it and the drive behind it, and it usually, you know, it's infectious. Like, if you're excited about a product, like it goes on to the the staff pretty quickly. And then, and then when they get it and they, they like it and they believe in it, now we're seeing the vision. Now it's happening. Now Spoggy's seeing results and he's going, holy crap, you know, and like our buddies over there in Utah, Podium, love those dudes, you know, love those dudes. You love those dudes. Um, they have some great stuff out there. So not trying to make this a commercial. It's just we're talking about some good peeps. And whenever we talk about good peeps, we got to let good peeps be known. You know, and the reason is, as I said, because we can't let them know about the bad because they don't they try to keep us quiet. In the meantime, Spog, dog, do you love to win or you hate to lose? Uh, 
when it's something I care about, I I hate to lose. I I I really do. Uh, it, I can see it's, that in you. It's 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 uh, it's one of those things. If I'm not really competitive about it, like my brother beating me in golf every week, uh, <laughs> that that's okay. <laughs> I don't I, I don't go fanat I don't go fanatic on on that. Uh, but if it's something that 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 I really care about, I I hate to lose. I mean, I I absolutely do. Uh, yeah. If it's something that I can. I can control and I can train myself. I mean, you can train yourself to to be great at uh, at a lot of things, but mm. yeah, I'm I'm one of those guys. Like, I'll, I'll be competing with you like years into it. You may not even know it, uh. <laughs> dude. Spoggy, you are, dude. You you so are. And I could have answered that actually uh, when I think about it because at BrainShare. Um, we have this app, everybody, and like depending on how many pictures or how many posts you would post, it's gamification in it, and it would add up the points, you know. And so what was it? I think it was Matt Lutz, I think is how you say his name. He was really using it, and I just think he was using the app a lot because he's just a tech guy and stuff. And then I think, obviously, Spoggy, you use it a lot. And then I didn't know this until like the um, the <laughs> night before we were all leaving that there was a, a point system. And so now everybody was trying to tag and try to do all these things to create these points. John, did you end up leaving, winning that or did you lose that? Uh, uh, Matt, I actually, think- Matt got me because he was uh, ahead quite a bit, I think. Again, with him being a tech guy, I think he figured out how how the points was actually working. <laughs> you were just posting crap. I mean, unbelievable stuff. It was relevant, but I mean, you were finding a group. But anyway, that was funny, dude. And so that makes sense because I remember leaving that, telling my wife, I thought, man, Spoggy is he is competitive when he gets into something because I could just see it come out in you, which uh, which which made the event great. Right. Because you because not just because of what it is, but you you were sharing so much stuff. That was the whole point of the of the thing. That was great. Skill or luck, buddy. What's brought you to where you are, skill or luck? I would have to say skill uh, on that. And again, it, 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 I think it comes down to like the passion and the drive that you have behind behind stuff. You know, there, there's a little bit of luck that has to be involved, but you have to put yourself in those those positions. And to get into those positions, I think a lot of that comes down to skill. So <laughs> that's- I agree. That's my answer on that one. No, that's great. It's great. Everybody has their own thing. I can't remember. I do so many of these. I can't remember who the last one was I just recorded, but he was like, he went, uh, he was, he was very adamant that, you know, no such thing as luck, you know, very adamant on that. So sometimes you get it the other way where they say absolutely no such thing as, you know, my skill was great, but my luck has been unbelievable. And I think there's, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I think sometimes some of the luck that you could attribute to is the, let's say, um, very few things, but I'm going to say the family you were born into, right? right. Um, you still have to develop skills. So if you were born in with a silver or a spoon in your mouth, you know, and you're, 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 you're born to the rich, you still have to execute on that, right? But because of where you started at, which you had nothing to do, life just puts you there. Um, you know, I was watching this thing just the other night about this stuff over in Africa, and these kids, and I'm just, and you know, and this kid is talking about how when he was nine and he's like 11 now that he was taken away from his family. And I'm thinking to myself because they were refugees and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, this kid was just born into this, you know what I mean? Had, had no choice in being involved in that. And 
don't tell me it's skill or luck. I mean, it's luck. The person just happened to be where they are and they're going to have to struggle hard to create skills to get better. But ah, just frustrating. So it's so my point of that was skill or luck can be determined based on maybe what country you live in, what type of government you live in. All can be. So it'd be interesting to get other people's thoughts in other cultures as if they think the same way about skill or luck that we do as Americans. Just curious. Just my yeah. thought. I think too much about this stuff. Wine and other things really get me thinking. So, John, take us back to high school. Take us back to college, wherever you want, and bring us forward to what Spog Dog is doing now. We want to relate. We want to know who you are. So I uh, I always tell people I grew up in a military uh, family. Uh, In fact, my dad at one time was getting a check from the Air Force, the Army, and the Navy. Wow. Holy cow. (laughs) Me me and my brother owed him money, so – he had retirement from the Air Force, and then he had me and my brother with allotments. Um, at the time in Virginia, for example, they would sell you a car when you're 18 years old, and the interest rate would be about 40 percent. So oh my gosh. I thought it was better to get money from my dad to buy, which was essentially probably my third car, but uh, was much better off uh, getting money from him. But I was in the Navy. I uh, served for three years, three years active, three years reserves. Uh, immediately after that, I uh, went to work for Key City Insurance, where my mom and dad worked. They did not own the agency. I worked there for about five years, broke my thumb playing softball, and had to go to a county hospital. And the agency I worked for only had family there or retired military. So if you've ever wow. been to a county hospital, you'll quickly realize like I needed to get somewhere with benefits. <laughs> From there, I went to <laughs> from from there I went to work for a company called FIC, which is uh, now Kemper. I thought that would be my my final job. I actually worked there for almost ten years. I was in underwriting, commercial underwriting, corporate underwriting, which is testing things to make sure that uh, the rates are coming out correctly, and then finally made it to sales, which was my was uh, I always felt was my calling. I felt I was a good gap between an agent and a, a company. And that's really what marketing reps are there for is to, to be the, the person that can see both sides. The only reason I left there is uh, FIC and a couple companies combined together. And I lost a lot of, of, of the management people that were there. They had double of them. So They ended up going over to, a couple of them went over to AIG. I got a phenomenal offer from AIG. Again, thought that was going to be the last company I worked for. And when really was about this? What year was the AIG thing? AIG was 2004, 2005. All right. Uh, I ended up working there for about five uh, five years. I left uh, just before the crap really hit the fan. Uh, with AIG and they they were starting to split things up. And I honestly, I just got a phenomenal, phenomenal offer from Hartford. But not if I'm correct, just to stop and pause for the history buffs out there, AIG was almost split up by Elliot Spitzer on some of the stuff that was going down, right? That's at the time with the contingencies and where they got like uh, busted doing the, uh, what was it called? Gosh, dang it. Where they would, um, they would go to they would go to AIG the Marsha McLennan's 
Remember they yes. would go to AIG and, you know, Zurich, and then they would say, Hey, give us all quotes. And they would put it in a rotator. And so they were inflating these prices. And, and then Elliot Spitzer tries to come get us main street agents. And we're like, dude, we can't, we can't do that on the main street. But anyway, sorry to increase. Cause that's a big time. That's why I was asking about that with AIG. It was actually even a little bit after that. Cause when that happened, was they it? Up, yeah, they ended up getting okay. rid of uh, Hank Greenberg at that time. Mm-hmm. And if you ask me, you know, AIG only had two presidents uh, in its existence at, um, up until then. And then when that went down, then they had like two or three. But no, when the housing market ended up uh, uh, breaking up, AIG, unfortunately, held a lot of the uh, guarantees on gotcha. uh, the mortgages. Mortgage-backed that, securities. Yeah. yeah, and that's when the government had to come in, help AIG out. Gotcha. Um in in you know total disaster at that point they sold off mm-hmm. like so much of their stuff and like i said literally i had left like six months be- before that happened nothing to wow. do with having any idea what was going on you said hartford just offered you a really good position yeah, huh? the, the, the hartford offered me a really good position probably the weirdest position i've ever been in as an employee uh when they found out i was interviewing with hartford they actually flew me back our headquarters was in atlanta and basically told me, like, what are they offering you? You know, we'll offer you the same. So I threw out a, a, a number that was actually higher than what they were offering me. <laughs> of and course. It, it, it would have been a done deal at that time, Cass. Like, I was done. But, you know, HR is like, oh, we need to see the offer letter. So I'm like, okay, so you want me to keep keep interviewing? So I knocked it out of the park with the interview. And then I got offered more than what I had uh, <laughs> actually said. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that was crazy times for me because it's it, it's hard for me and all i did was go back to aig and said all right you made me interview this is what they're offering and i had a, such a good relationship with uh management and senior management and and also like my uh my fellow employees and stuff like that <laughs> i mean it, it was hard and it really came down to at the end it didn't come down to the money it came down to the vice president of sales for, for Hartford on personal lines reached out to me and said, Spoggy, is there anything else we can do? And at that time I'm like, all right, I have this great relationship. I can make the same money. I'm like, but I'm never getting another raise again at AIG. Like I just took the marketing <laughs> rep salary and, and made it so high that even if they, even if they match, even if everything's the same, I'm, I'm not going to get a raise for probably four or five years. So <laughs> I had to do what was right for my family. Uh, the that's what we thing, have to do. Yeah, and that and so and that's what it came down to, like really telling uh, AIG at the time is, you know, hey, I really have to do what's right for my family. The the, the kicker to that, and and Hartford's a great company, uh, but their rates uh, in <laughs> personal lines in California were so out of line. I uh, I had signed a signing bonus, so I had to stay there for two years. But probably for me, the hardest time in my, my career, uh, because I had to go in and talk to agents and I couldn't really, I mean, you had owners moving their own policies. It, was, it wasn't like a two, $300 change. It was like five or $600 on auto and home. Uh, so even with Hartford and the great reputation that they have to go in there and try to tell an agent that, Hey, I need you to, to get me one or two apps a month. Cause that's what it was literally down to was just really hard and the company wasn't uh the company wasn't changing in california at the time 
So imagine you're a salesperson. You got to go in there. You have to you have to talk to agents. You have to promote what your your company is. Uh, I believed in the company a hundred percent, but we were just off on rates, and that that's a that's a tough right. conversation. So after that, I went to the general. Uh, I worked for the general a couple years. Same thing. Some AIG guys had went over there. Absolutely uh, love uh, working at the general. I had got a offer from some people that really knew California. I went over there. Uh, that was about six months that, uh, that I was there. And that's when I made the change to actually be an agency owner. So again, I, I, I always felt like my best on the company side, my best position was a marketing rep uh, just because of understanding what agents needs, what, what companies needs and, and being able to, to fill that void where you're not too much on one side or the other side. Uh, but secretly I knew I should have started an agency a long time ago. I always said if I ever made a mistake in, in, in uh, what I did, uh, I should have started an agency. When I broke my thumb, I should have started an agency with my dad uh, yeah. at the time. I didn't <laughs> do it though, Cass. Uh, you know, I couldn't give up that $25,000 a year. Right. You know, looking back, looking back, you know, um, what brought you out to California? Was it one of those jobs or what brought you there? Cause your family lives in Ohio. Yeah. So, uh, my family lives in Ohio. My dad was in the air force and he got stationed out at George air force base, uh, gotcha. up in Victorville in, in 75. So uh, from the time I was five until I was, uh, 18, I pretty much grew out, grew up out here. Gotcha. Um, and then my parents didn't go back to Ohio until after my dad re- uh, retired. So, right. And what's your parents' name? Uh, it's Ken and Connie. Uh, it's so fu- it's so funny because you literally call them that all the time whenever you're with them, and it cracks my wife up on your live videos. It really does. Is there a reason why you do that? Uh, there is, and it's uh, uh. really because uh, I, that when I started to work in the industry, I worked for them uh, or worked with them. And, uh, I was, I was, I was 20, barely 20 years old and there's no way uh-huh. I was going to call them mom and dad. Uh, you know, I already had the stigma of being very young in the industry, uh, to sell people insurance. Uh, so there was no way they were getting called mom and dad. My mom can't stand it by the way. Oh, uh, really? I can see how she does yeah. it, dude. It cracks, it cracks my wife up. Uh, galore, galore. It's so funny. And so you and your, um, your wife, Rosa, let's, let's, let's talk about this a little bit. So would you not agree? I think a lot of our industry does that Facebook live was created for you. Like they, you don't, we don't know it, but you went North for a while. They say you disappeared in your office. This was around 2012, for a week or two, and then you come back and they come out with Facebook Live. Now, we start noticing that you, being the leader of Facebook Live, started to show other people, and then the world slowly came on. So how did you come about with Facebook Live, and what is your obsession with it? Because we all love it. So the the funny thing with Facebook, at first I fought Facebook Live because I I really liked uh, just doing videos and I was doing them uh, really to promote the association and and even on live I, I'd probably talk about the association every time I'm on there, but I, I I was doing videos and I was tagging you know everybody like that I could tag on it. Uh, and it was really just to get the, the information out. And it's funny because you have catchphrases. So when I was tagging people, it was always good morning, Facebook friends and Facebook creepers. And it 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 used to really annoy me because 
everybody knows mm -hmm. everything that you're doing when you put it on Facebook, but nobody was liking anything. Like not a single like, like I'm doing this for like a year and a half and uh, nobody, no. And I was actually like begging people like, hey, you know, you're watching it. So like it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then and then live came out. And somebody kept telling me to use it, and I didn't. I, I, I didn't uh, for a while at at first, and then once I once I got on it, it's kind of the same thing. If I if I get on something and I like it, like you know, now I'm on it like every day. And a, a lot of times, it's 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 really nothing. It's me walking into the office, but it's it's a good way to connect with everybody. And it's kind of the same thing. You know, you go to events and you go out there, and and people. Even if they just watch it for a couple seconds, Chad Topes. Um. A <laughs> 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 boy, Chad. Chad, Chad, oh. told, Chad told me in New Orleans, he's like, I love your stuff, but I got to be honest, I watch about 20 seconds. So every now and then I, I do a live just for Chad when I know I can do one in like 20, 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great i can see chad saying that too that's fantastic that is that is no and you really use it well like i said i mean as you traveled across the world and i mean went to the middle east um uh, you know when you were you and rosa for a month went down to uh peru uh to see her family uh, you know, a lot of different things we were able to, we saw you in dance contests when you were in <laughs> Peru, you know what I mean? Because like we were able to live that moment. And, um, today, today we've just become the frog in the water. That's just heated up slowly. And we don't realize how awesome and where we came from. I mean, literally like five years ago, I could be wrong, but five, six years ago, that couldn't happen. You remember when this company called Periscope came out? That was like the first one, right? And that yep. was like on Twitter. And I remember thinking to myself, like I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, how do you go live? Because how do people know, right? Like people have to be on to see it. And then like, how would you, why would you want to do something live without actually thinking about how you're going to do it and stuff like that? I mean, really, I, w I was baffled. And this is in 2014, 2013. I mean, this is not very long ago. And now it's like, I can't see how it wouldn't be. I remember there was a video actually. And it was a it was a video of some kids and they're sitting on a school bus late at night and they're watching their coach give a speech to the team, to some other team for their school in the locker room. But the kids are outside watching it on the bus. And I remember thinking to myself, like, holy crap, wouldn't that be crazy if you could actually watch on your phone what's going on? This is five to ten years ago. This is not a long time ago. And we just live in this world like it's normal now, right? Yep. Isn't that crazy? Yep. It's yep. it's really crazy. And there's people like you that get to get known. Now, before you were doing the Facebook Live, um, I think there's a lot of people who are who are in the industry, who are on Facebook, who who's saying, I never saw you. Well, that's the beauty of how Facebook works. I think once you watch him one time, he's going to see it forever. So let's talk real quick, John. You walked into my life in brain share of 20, uh, 2018. Yeah, 2018. <laughs> 
Uh, Marcus Hayes had you he said, hey, Jason, you care if this guy comes in? I'm looking in the back like, who the hell is this dude in the back? Right. Like this is invite only. And I'm like, who's this dude in the back? And you showed up like I think at the at beginning of the second day or the beginning into the first day, one of the two. And we got to know each other. I kind of thought to myself, man, this guy's a little goofy. Um, but then I, I remembered something. You don't know this. Like I was I don't know. I was somewhere that day and I remembered actually seeing you on the dance floor in Arizona when at IAOA, when you were just, it was just you, Uh, Rosa wasn't with you and you were just all over the dance floor. And I'm thinking, who is this cat? The only guy on the dance floor in the middle of this bright lights, just killing it, you know? And it was you. Um, And then that's how we in the industry have kind of got to know you, the guy with the dance move, the guy who's always having fun. I mean, what do you, what's your life about, man? When you wake up in the morning, what are you thinking? What are you doing? What's your goal? You you know what? Like now, to be honest with you, a huge passion is is the association and and trying to help, help people out. Uh, And I got it. What is that? What is the association? What is that? So I I started an insurance association 11 11 years ago, and it's primarily for uh, California agents. And basically what happened is I went to a couple shows and honestly, they were they were mailing it in. They had been around for a long time. They still do events. I was influenced at very early on in the industry. There used to be great associations out there where, you know, it was Mm -hmm. really about sharing and it was it was focused on agents. And what happened is a lot of them became about the vendors and there just was not not as much sharing, at least in, 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 in our region. So Rosa went to a show, like they charged her a whole bunch and then they started, they, they weren't treating people well. And, and I, I just got mad and said, you know what? I, I think I can do better. I was, truth and all this. I, I was, I was a marketing rep at the time. And I said, I think I could do better. And it's funny how things like will trigger you to really do stuff. Uh, somebody made a website and it was the crappiest website out, out there. I mean, it, it, it was a horrible website, but as soon as that website was created, I, I thought that we were a real business. <laughs> I'm like, that's an, that's an entrepreneur. Right, we got a website. We're, we're business. We're yeah, rolling. That's, that's exactly how it happened. And, um, you know, even, even, even doing this and having the passion about the association, the one thing that I really had to, had to learn is, uh, to humble yourself down. So what happens when, when associations or, or new things first happen, I got to be honest, like we, we were the thing like, you know, they, they knew John Spoggy, they, they uh, uh, knew uh, other members that we had on the board. Uh, we had the backing of everybody because everybody wanted to see something fresh and new at the time. And where I come in with you have to humble yourself down you, when you have that, you better appreciate it. Uh, mm-hmm. because we were drawing huge numbers. I mean, even for any meetings that we did. And then after about six, seven years, like that started to s- slow down. And I appreciate, you know, I appreciate it so much more now than I did when I first started. Cause it was so easy. And I think I have even more drive and, and passion to make this thing like last for 20, 30 years, maybe 50 years, maybe past, you know, even when I'm long gone. Um, right. And, and, and that's something your passion's that deep on this. I mean, your passion's that deep that, okay. It is. I mean, I, I know it and I see it, but it's, it's good to actually sit down. You and I've never sat down and just like had a talk about this, you know? Um, 
What? You, I remember you. you well, go ahead. Come on. I was going to say sometimes it's the facade that you, uh, that you see in front of it, right? So a lot of times the same. If you see me on Facebook or if you see me out, there's not a there, there's not always a lot of deep conversations, right? It's kind of like what you mm-hmm. said. You see me in Arizona. You know, I was I was I was dancing. I was all, pretty much all by myself. Fred Cradoff, uh my my partner in crime, came out there with me. Uh, but it was really me and him on a on a dance floor where everybody else was at casino night. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get that impression, or you kind of get the the silly guy that's on there. But like you said, there's there's a lot of passion and, and stuff behind it. Uh, I can tell you, any events that we do are never mailed in. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot. You, you're in, you, you do events too, so you know this. And anybody that knows, knows does events uh, has to know the passion and 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 that that goes behind it. Unless you get so big that you actually have an, a, a completely event coordinator, and that's why I said you have to be careful of mm-hmm. not mailing it in. You you mm-hmm. can't when you go to a, an event, you can tell if somebody's got passion behind it and cares. It doesn't mean mean that it that it, it could still suck. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you could have a That's lot, right. of, you could have a lot of passion, and, and then the execution didn't come off as good as it should have. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. But it, but it helps ease the blow when you know that the person was at least passionate about it. They were like, man, they tried, right? Yeah. But it's really bad when it sucks and they didn't do it. And, you know, they just didn't feel it. The associations are the ones who, who mailed this stuff in. Not all of them. I'm not here today. I'm, not here. I'm talking about the big I. I'm talking about the PIA. I think it just becomes routine to how they are and it allows other areas like what you're doing, these little pockets to pop up and – Big pockets, obviously, B-I-G, um, the big pockets. And you've really – you guys, like you said, first of all, you guys are the fourth largest economy in the world, right? So you have a lot of stuff going on inside that big-ass state. Um, there's so much insurance, it's ridiculous. Um, you And then not only that, so that everybody knows Rosa, his wife, she owns her own agency as well. So there's just insurance coming all over the place. And um, – I, I really I really do give kudos to you on this. And that's where I want to turn this to with Big because you do have a passion for it. You do like helping um, agents. You've also kind of found a nice little Latino, um, if I'm saying that correctly, niche out there to where I think some of the one of your business partners or anything, you guys have kind of created a kind of big for, for the Latino community. Am I wrong or right about this and, and what I see out there? So uh, what we did, and, and again, one of the reasons that I um, started the association, there, 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 there was a group out there that really uh, did the same thing. The guy came out. He started a, a Latin association. It did fan, it did fantastic, and then kind of fizzled out and 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 fell apart. So when we did big, uh, one of the things that I wanted to make sure of is one. The, the Latino market, the Persian market, like in California, like you're, you're, if you do any association, you're going to, you're going to run into that a lot anyway. 
So what we mm-hmm. did is uh, we took big and took big and then added uh, big Latino on it. Uh, and one of the main reasons we did that is because it's real easy for uh, groups to come in here and say they're going to help a certain market out and then take advantage of it. And then insurance companies or other vendors not not really realizing, like, just because it says Latino on it doesn't mean that they're necessarily, like, gotcha helping out their community. So we wanted to make gotcha. sure that we brought, brought those two things together, especially being in California. Um yeah, obviously. See, this is not something I thought about, about groups going out there trying to label themselves as that to get at that group of people when it may not be in their best interest. And that's awesome that you're creating and you've partnered with some people to make sure that you're kind of given that awareness and protection for them. That's pretty cool. You're also doing a lot of CIC, not CIC, but that's what you guys call it, but it's not <laughs> National Alliance CIC. Um, but you're also doing a lot of education. So I'm starting to see that you have that that desire to not only try to help these people and protect them, but also give them the uh, the education to go forward. And then that kind of flows into the conference that you're having in August. Tell us about that. And unfortunately, the conference is in August. You know, again, uh, one of the things that happened when there was this other association out, uh, they used to do stuff around Cinco de Mayo all the time. And again, that's where the big Latino uh, kind of comes in as well. So what we did is, as that one went out, we said, okay, we're going to fill this void and we're going to start doing uh, conventions in May. And it's almost always around uh, Cinco de Mayo. So it's a it's a huge celebration of bringing agents together from mul- mul- multiple uh, cultures and along with bringing everybody together. This is the first year in 11 years. What happened when the NBA said that they weren't going to do stuff, mm-hmm. that's when yep. I immediately got a hold of the conference center uh, and and said, hey, you know, we, we need to move this. Let me know what dates you have. And at first they're like, well, nobody's asked us to to move yet. You know, they're, they're, you know, if anything, they've asked us if we're still open. So I'm like, well, just give me the dates. And then they gave me the dates. And, and at first they wanted to do it right after July 4th. And I'm like, that's not going to work. <laughs> I got people coming from across the country. There's no way that's going to work. So then they came up with the August dates and I was like, all right, perfect. Then what happened is they had to, that there was some little politicking going on because there's huge conventions that happen here and, and ours is big, mm-hmm. but there's ones that will take over the whole convention center. Uh, but I was able to get the date, which I was extremely happy about. Uh, and then now like, you know, again, who knows? Uh, I'm, I do not want to postpone this thing again. It's still but, three months away though. I mean, three months. Yes. yes. And, and things a little, are, a little under. Things are changing every day, you know, and we may have mm-hmm. to adapt, adapt the convention. You know, uh, we may have to be like Costco or um, Home Depot and, and, and let, you know, 50 to 75 uh, people in at a time. We may have to uh, have thermometers out. We may, you know, a great sponsorship now is going to be the mask. So that, right. that's going to be nice because we never had that that type of sponsorship before. Uh <laughs> But, you know, it's it, it's definitely challenging. You know, no matter what, we're going to lose uh, uh, money this year. And, and the reason is, is normally we have two conventions. Normally we have one uh, that we do in May and then we do another one in September up in Northern California. Uh, mm-hmm. And right now, you know, at the very least, we're losing the, the Northern California convention. It's going to be very, very hard uh, to put something like that together. Um, so I think we're going to going to lose lose that one. 
uh, and even this one, you know, we're going to have to downsize on it uh, a little bit. So when normally like right before May, I would probably get another 15, 20 booths in, you know, there's always people that, that don't know if they, uh, if they want to be vendors. And then the last minute, like, you know, decide that yeah, they, they have to be there. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, I am comfortable with, with the date that we have right now. I just think it may, may look a little bit different than what we normally do. And, and that's hard for me. You know, we're doing a lot of uh, Zoom meetings right now and that, which are, which are great, by the way. And it's, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. actually taught me that I can do, do Zoom meetings because uh, we're getting great turnouts for that. But man, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a, I'm a people person. I'm a face to face person. I am too, brother. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, dude. This uh, Sunday, uh, my my wife and we just finally made a decision. Like, forget it. We've been in the house for six months. It's Mother's Day. You know, all all her family was all getting together and just saying, forget it. I'll just admit it. We did too. We we I'm a guy who wears masks everywhere. I do what I'm supposed to do. I stay in the house if I'm supposed to. But forget it. We went out to our brother-in-law's house and just sat there and drank for like six or seven hours. And I mean, didn't get belligerent, just as a big, huge family and just drank and cooked out. And I'm going to tell you what, I was just like three hours into it. And I just stopped everybody and I said, is this not just freaking weird how great this feels to just talk to another person face to face? And everybody was like, yes, you know, and it's like. We, her, my wife has a really good family. Like they're like one of those weird families. Like they all get along. Right. But like every once in a while they can still stress each other out. Right. Cause they're brothers and sisters and all that. Dude, there was none of that. Like you could just tell people were genuinely just so happy to be in front of somebody else that they would just overlook anything that they didn't like. You know what I mean? And it was just, uh, it was such a great feeling and it really, really, really got me grounded to like, Holy cow. Like, a lot of the the anger and the division that's coming out, yes, we're a country sometimes divided, but it's just because we're holed up inside of uh, um, inside of a thing uh, uh, inside of. So, so anyways, I don't want to take that away. But, yeah, I think the, these um, I'm going to talk about it on the mastermind meeting coming this Thursday, but I wrote a B.O.R. I B.O.R. an account that I didn't ask to BOR it. I was collecting the information to do their mod audit. I was on a go to meeting with the executive director, the CFO, the head accountant, and the HR person. Uh, It was only supposed to be for 20 minutes. I ended up staying on talking for about 45 minutes to an almost an hour. They asked me every question. They send, I asked for this information so I can do their audit. They send me the audit and in the email and I posted it online um, in the email they say, here's all our information. And by the way, we want you to be our agent. So I'm like, wow, okay, this is about $180,000 account. No, we add it up. We don't have three of the policies. It's a $339,000 account. We don't have three of the policies. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, holy cow. And I mean, I'm just giving a plug. I'm just being real for where it is. Before this happened, I mean, before I got on the phone call with him, I called my boy David Carruthers and said, okay, I mean, advanced commercial lines. I was like, dude, here's where I'm at. He said, Cass, you need to position it this way, this way. And the greatest thing about the way that David and sometimes the way that this new way of teaching, in my opinion, um, it's been around for a while, the, the, the style and the strategies, but the way of teaching it and getting it into people's brains, I think is brand new. And and the thing that I, I love about it is, is he was able to, give me the stuff and there's no gimmicks. 
right? There's no tricks. There's not like, well, say this if they do this and do that if they do this. You know, no. I mean, it's, it's, this is the information. This is what we've found. Here's what the audit we've done. Here's the, we are giving you the diagnosis. Here's the prescription. We're the people that can do it. They can't because you've given them five years and you're in a hellhole. So, I mean, give it to us. And so it's, it's really interesting. So where am I going with that? The power of what you said was Zoom videos with go to meeting. Like I did that over a, a I, I would have never asked for the, the BOR on, on a go to meeting. I would have never done that because I would be like, dude, you got to be face to face to do that. Number one, I was on a go to meeting. Number two, I never even asked him. Number three, I got the BOR. It's, it made me a believer. So what you're saying, I'm thinking, shit, video is way more powerful. People are starting to accept that as a normal form of being able to communicate. So I think that's pretty cool. Pretty good. Yeah. Just went on there a long time about that. Well, it took, it took me a, 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 a minute and actually like seeing it, you know, when I'm doing, when I'm doing the, the meetings for the association that they're, they're actually working, you know, we're mm-hmm. actually talking to the agents about making sure that they're using, you know, the, uh, a format to do that, to, to, to close, especially like you said, on bigger accounts, you know, we were already like our office does not have a lot of people that, that come into the actual office anymore. Rose's office is right. totally different. Rose's office is uh, still storefront, has to high touch, yep, high mm-hmm. touch everything. I have two other offices that we never we never see see clients. And now the other thing that's happening is, you know, we're realizing if they really have to be here or not. Um, and I got to be honest, yeah. like we've lost we've we've had three employees that let themselves go um, working from home. And it's because they realized they didn't have the discipline in that to do it. Like we didn't have, we didn't get rid of anybody. They got rid of themselves. And it, and I have to give them credit and kudos to the fact that they realized like they're not able to do this at, at home, you know? Mm-hmm. And then even when we're coming back, they're realizing like, you know, we, we lost three people. Like <laughs> it, it, uh, right. it, it, it stings, you know, you invest a lot of time and, and, and energy and training in, into it. But I would much rather like somebody come up and tell me like, Hey, this maybe isn't for, for me, or I don't have the discipline to do this now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the things that, uh, and, and then we have other employees that we can like, honestly, when this is over, we're going to be able to let them work from home. Um, mm-hmm. I can't work from home. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, right. Even when I was a marketing rep, I hated uh, Mondays. It was usually admins. With some companies, you had Mondays and Fridays as admin. Uh, I would much rather be out talking to people in front of people. Uh, I have to you normally have music on, TV on, like something. Uh, there's too many distractions at the, at the house. Plus, I'd probably blow up like a balloon. It's too easy to go downstairs, fix myself a sandwich every 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, John, this is this is something that you're going to hear a lot about more about. I'm trying to I want to write about this um, because I want to I'm really I see it coming just because history. But when you went when we went from the agricultural age to the industrial age, there were people that got caught in that. Right. There were people that you we don't I know you've been farming since you were 13 years old on your family's farm, but you're now 35 and the family sold the farm. And if you want to get a job, you need to move to the city and you need to get working in the factory or whatever. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
You know, that that was a different mindset. They couldn't do it. They got lost. I think there's always those generations that happen. And I think it just happened recently when we went from the manufacturing more to a service sector. Right. That's where you started getting your Ubers and your gigs that started popping up because here's these people that in the 90s and the early 2000s, their job was shipped overseas. They now had been working in a factory for 25 years and now they're being told they need to go sit in an office and, you know, you can retool or we're going to retrain you. And a lot of those people do just kind of got lost in the mix and we feel sorry for those, but it happens in society every time that we change. And I think sometimes, like I said, it was in the nineties and two thousands, it was a 10, 15 years because of COVID we've literally, yes, we've been using that stay at home, work from home thing for the last five, 10 years, a lot, ever since the internet has really gotten to where someone can have a really good, stable internet connection from their house. But holy shit, COVID has sped it up galore because there are now companies, I'm telling you right, Nationwide. Nationwide just set, just closed like four of their offices, like 7,000 people just got moved to um, to, to working at home. I think you're going to start seeing that commercial real estate, I'm not saying it's going to bankrupt them, but it's going to start getting less expensive. And I also, and I don't know if so much the strip malls, right? I'm not talking necessarily about the strip malls, but I'm talking, cause those are people, those are retail businesses. That's like Rose's businesses, right? But those people that 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 don't need to be touched, like the people sitting in these big high rises, right? I think in sh- the the le- the the rent is going to be start becoming less if you are trying to lease out a high rise, in my opinion, because you're going to have people that are like, dude, for seven weeks you worked at home and we didn't miss a beat. Uh, why are we doing this? You know what I mean? So I think you're right. Um, Wesley Anderson brought it up in our uh, coping with COVID, which is something, please, everybody go out there. You can go to insuranceagencyintelligence.com right there on the homepage. You can click it and boom, start rating it. Um, we have had over a thousand people actually click and look at it. And 25, I think it's around 28%, something like that, um, John, have read 80% or more of it. And that to me, if I had one person, it was worth it. But one thing that 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 Wes talks about in there, um, John, let, let me get this on to you before we, before we wrap this up. Maybe if you have anything else about your conference, but a lot of people don't have good homes. A lot of people, their home is very hostile, right? They they looked forward to going to work at Spoggy's place. You know, uh, they looked forward to going there because that was their eight hours that they actually had control of their day. They had somebody who was an authority figure like Spoggy. He was trying to have fun, showed them that he loved them a lot, you know, but they go home at 530 and six and it's a hectic place. And now we are telling those people that they're put in that place. I'm willing to bet, not saying that for your three, but for loyal listeners, as you listening, as you start finding these people who are saying, hey, I just couldn't cut it from working at home. A lot of them will be like Spoggy and I just can't. We need to be out and about with like standing in front of our desk and, you know, and our little Chinese thing with the, you know, throwing money at us. We like doing that shit. Right. But there's a lot of people that you're going to start to see like, Hey, I couldn't cut it. And they're not going to let you know that it was because they had a hostile home. They're not going to let you know that. Right. And um, what say you about that? This is a really big change that's happened in Spoggy and the way people are working and how it affects their life. We, we, we've actually told people, uh, you know, that, and we don't mind the ones that can't work from home and want to, but there's actually going to be a premium to, to a desk and being inside the office. So I think one of two Ooh. things. Yeah, I, I really do feel this. I think, you know, the people that, that really want to be here are are going to gonna appreciate that desk even more. 
they're going to want to work here. They're going to want to be in an environment of, of winners and not that you can't be in an environment of winners on, on your own because you can, and you, it's how you connect, but you have to mm-hmm. do it. I can't make you do it. You know, that, that's true, that, John. So there's going to be a premium to a desk. So what I, what I was saying is like, if that's the case, you know, you may not have a regular desk. You may have a rotating desk. You may have to take, you know, your, your family pictures and that off because the ones that want to be in here uh, are going to be the ones that, that, that get, get, you know, choose their, their desk space. And then after that, we'll have works, work spaces set up. And when you come in and you want to reconnect, that's your, that's your workspace. Um, but I do agree. Like there's, there's a lot of people, even, even their numbers, you know, almost all our people are uh, commissioned. Most of them are commissioned only. Like it may, it may be fun at home at first, but then, you know, when, when you're not hitting numbers and goals that you want to hit, um, you know, you're maybe like, Hey, back in that office, you know, that environment is actually pushing me harder than what I can push myself. And that, it, and the nice thing is, is that's okay. yeah, that's okay. And that's the perfect thing about what, what we're seeing now. That's okay. You have the preference to, to, to do that and see what kind of, uh, see, see how bad you want it basically. And, it, and mm-hmm. again, you can perfectly work fine from home or, or come in. We, we have the ability to do both. It is. And it's the greatest. This is one of the reasons why this is the greatest industry God ever created. And it, and it really is. But I want everybody, loyal listeners, that I want you to take away from that, that thought there of, of listening to your people. Maybe the reason why they can't work from home is because they're like John and I. But maybe they can't work from home because there's other things that they just don't want to tell you about. You know, maybe there's other things that they just and even maybe it's just the fact that, dude, if I go home, my my husband or my wife won't help me watch the kids and they're going to interrupt me all day. Right. Maybe it's something like that. But how do we create that? Maybe they have a slow Internet connection and they're scared to tell you, you know, I mean, there's just a lot of things. I just want what I want you to take away, loyal listeners, is there's a lot of different underlying factors um, that we may not be thinking about. And we even think sometimes as bosses like or like, hey, well, how great is it? You get the work from home. That's a dream job. You know what I always said about it whenever I was um, producing hardcore? One of the greatest things about being your own boss is that you're your own boss. But one of the hardest and worst things about being your own boss is that you're your own boss. That's the truth. So, and, and no one makes Cass get up and go to work. You know what I mean? Well, my wife, every once in a while, she'll kick me real hard. No, I'm joking. But, but you know, no one makes us go to work. We just do what we do because we like to do what we do. Um, and uh, because it, it just gives us, uh, gives us meaning, lets us go. And um, even though I'm in my office all day during this lockdown, just the fact that I'm in here and then I go right back home for lunch and then come right back here, it just makes me feel more alive. Sarah, uh, my head account manager, she could care less if she's at home or the office. She, she really could care less if she is. But she has two older kids. Her husband works. So she's in the house by herself. You know what I mean? She likes it. So it works for her. Um, but I can see how, and then all the other people that I have working in my office are VAs, you know, so, and they're working from the Philippines. So I only think one of those works from the house. I think the others work in a call center, but, um, yeah, anyways. Um, all right, dude. So, Hey dude, I think this was pretty good. When is your, uh, conference? When, when is that going to be again? What's the dates? Yeah. So let me put out my shameless plug real quick. It's August 7th through 9th. Uh, we do still have uh, spaces for vendors. So if you really want to get into the California market, I got to be honest with you. There's two huge conventions in California that are specific to California. And you almost have to be be at. And it's it's basically ours and then the uh, alliance that comes up 
uh, in September. Uh, the website is bigginsusa.com. If you ever follow me or, or, or see me on anything, you'll have that stuck in your head because I say it almost all the time. Uh, and then we are working really closely with CIC Insurance Academy to get education out to people too. So that's my yes, shameless plug. <laughs> and I came last year. I have to admit it was not – it's one of the smaller ones that I go to because I go to ones that are 1,000 to 5,000 people. I think you had uh, 500, 600 some people if you counted everybody. So it was definitely bigger than mine. It's bigger than BrainShare. It's three times the size of BrainShare. Um, so uh, a lot of state associations, their conferences have 100 to 200 people, and those are the main get-go. John, you're doing way bigger than that. You're doing great things. You're you're mixing it up. I hope I hope that people, if you're in California and you don't have time to go to this, I hope you at least you know share this podcast with somebody who can who can help um, or that that could possibly go because I have went. I've putting my money where my mouth is. John had me out there. Preston Schmidley, Nicholas Ayers, uh, uh, McBilly Sai. I mean, you name it. We were out there. Um, laying it down and, and we met a lot of good friends, but dude, you have uh, an awesome trade and vending show as well, besides the classes and just the setup. And the thing that I like is you keep it very simple, John, you don't, you're not trying to, Hey, I'm not trying to have all this glitz and glamor, but you do have some of that, but I'm trying to make a great experience for agents. And you say that all the time. And one of the most amazing things is if anybody comes to your conference, uh, they'll know that uh, you usually stay up until 12 or one, like just with everybody else, which is fine. Cause we're all there, but most of us can't drag our butts out of bed. But John, if you get up at six in the morning and try to beat anybody there, John will already be there awake. It's the most amazing thing. And folks, like I've told everybody, I've followed him to the bathroom. I've done a lot of things. He drinks nothing but water and coffee. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what, what John does. And I'm serious about that. You, uh, you have amazing go and amazing zest for being 51, right? Didn't you just turn 51? 51. Yep. <laughs> Can remember remember how it was just yesterday you were making a big deal about your 50th birthday and now you're already 51 headed to 52 shit time goes by quick man slow down <laughs> you know oh man man anyways anyways john thank you very much for all you do for the independent insurance industry if anybody wants to reach out to you because they just love you where can they find you uh probably the big biggest thing is on on facebook <laughs> just look up john spoggy linkedin Instagram, like, uh, and there's two John Spoggy, so the, it's the one with one in. I was uh, so vain when I had my son. I, I, I named him John Spoggy, but I put I put two ends on there. If I would have had uh, uh, more sons with with, with with my wife at the time, it was going to be John with three ends and then John with four ends. So I would just yell, John, John. But uh, it was my – it was my <laughs> – I was vain at the time. Uh, that was a horrible idea, by the way. <laughs> the way we think when we're young. I was just telling this to my son yesterday. He's 15. He just turned 15 yesterday. And I told him, I said, don't try to make any decisions about the rest of your life right now. Because the way you feel about things right now, you're not going to feel that way when you're older, son. I promise you. You know, don't try to make those big decisions. And that's exactly that. Yeah, hey, Spoggy, thank you very much, dude. Really do greatly appreciate you. Um, one of the one of the highlights that we have here at Agency Intelligence Loyal Listeners is, by the way, go to LoyalListenersShirt.com, LoyalListenersShirt.com. I need you guys to order your shirts. I have two loyal listener shirts, which 
that's you. You're a loyal listener. I have two different designs. Go to loyallistenershirt.com and check it out. Now, not only because you uh, need the shirt, just because you're a loyal listener, one of the things and the reasons why I do, I do, I do for you is because I want to bring people like John. One of the things that I've realized about this podcast that was very in an unintentional loyal listeners is that I believe that we're slowly um, weaving the fabric of our great independent insurance industry. And I mean that by the fact that um, I think a lot of podcasters wouldn't bring on a lot of the guests that I do because a lot of the guests are there nothing special. They're just you and I working in a little old agency, maybe two locations, one location, maybe five, 10 people, maybe 50 people. But what I want to do is bring them out because everybody does have their story. I want people to walk down the convention hall of the IAOA because I want you to go and be a part of that. I want you to walk down the convention hall at Big or at or at Brainshare or whatever other convention out there that supports the independent insurance agent because we're a fan of them. And I want you to see Spoggy and say, hey, I never seen seen you, but hey, it's good to know you from Cass's podcast. It doesn't matter about Cass's podcast. I want you to walk down the road and be able to see Yitzi Wiener, somebody that we just interviewed. The dude is, is phenomenal. I want you to make these connections with people so that you can say, I don't know much about you, but do you mind if we walk over here and get a cold, refreshing beverage? That is what tightens the fabric, right? So when we weave the fabric, that's important. But when we actually join experiences together, our buddy Eric Garcia said in a prior podcast about relationships, he said, if relationships were currency, are you Bill Gates? And two of the things that he said is how you could build currency in re- through relationships is sharing experiences and building memories. That's what John's trying to put on. He has the best in the best intention for independent insurance agents. He makes no bones about it. If you know John, he drives a vehicle that's over 10 years old. Why? Because he's not about the glitz and glamour. He's about what his hat says right now as I'm looking at it. And it says 10 times because he's about 10x. And he realizes, though, that the only way he's going to achieve 10x is for you to get 20. And that's why I love John. That's why people like him need to be known. So as I start to weave this fabric, it's up to you to reach out to John, let him know what you're doing. And get advice from him. And that's how we tighten this fabric and make it the greatest industry God ever created. This has been Agency Intelligence, where we gave you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass. He was Spoggy. And we are out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is. To, to fix a problem, the first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial but you've got time to search it and look at it 
That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.